All right. Welcome to another episode. We got Brandon here for the first time in, what do we say? Two months? <laughs> Two months, man. It's crazy. Glad to be been, back though. Been a minute. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we'll, so obviously you, you actually do want to just do the, to mention what you just talk, brought up off air first, the Troy Daniels uh, <laughs> food situation. Yeah. yeah, no. So, I mean, as soon as you stepped away, I'm literally just scrolling through my, my Twitter timeline to see, um, a tweet from Troy Daniels basically showing like a lunch tray on his bed. <laughs> it's like a black lunch tray and it has a menu on it. Basically it's just like a, a form menu that I guess the NBA is giving out to all the players there who are um, in the bubble. This is the first meal they've had um, since getting there, but it's like a ton of like super healthy, like snacks, um, a salad and everything just looks super fancy. It's just funny. Cause I'm just like thinking, you know, what about those guys like Shaq and, and uh and chuck they used to like eat big macs and just like eat whatever before the game like what are they gonna do like do they have that option or you know the nba just chefing it up for all the players the same way like this this is gonna be interesting and i'm sure these guys are gonna be tired of like living by a set menu mm-hmm. they're used to having their own personal chefs and you know eating whatever they want before after whenever basically and now yeah, this is stuff that i never really thought about i just thought about like the basketball aspects of the bubble but i never thought about like oh what kind of food are they going to get and <laughs> by the looks of it not <laughs> nothing great really yeah no it's going to be interesting like I, I hope that they're giving these guys like the, the fuel that they're used to getting though before you know playing or whatever supplements they're taking you know like i hope they're able to like supply them with all of that that they need yeah that's then you know you're going to hear i'm sure there's going to be a lot of like complaining from the players but i mean what yeah. do you expect like they're used to they get like a certain they get treated like a certain way you know even during away games like they still get super nice pre-game post-game meals and now if they're getting like it looks like yeah like a pre-made salad from like a grocery store or something that's like five bucks <laughs> but yeah what killed me is the way they just like wrote out all of the menu items like that like they just tried to like i don't know what they were trying to pull like a five-star menu like all clumped together like that was like the weirdest thing they could have done <laughs> yeah and the tray is the best part too that really just Strong cafeteria <laughs> vibes for sure. <laughs> Brings you back to middle school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that kind of goes along with what we've said before, the whole like AAU uh, like atmosphere of this return. Yeah. So I guess, you know, if they wanted an authentic AAU experience, they're going to, they're going to get it for better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the way they were setting up those courts as well, man, yeah. like definitely brought back some memories, like going to a tournament and like just walking in the gym like seeing all these courts around you, seeing like a bunch of different guys playing, kind of like checking the competition mm-hmm. out. Like I wonder if some of those same feelings will come back to these guys, except it's like elite competition. Yeah. Where you look. Yeah. I'm sure it will. Um, but so, so we'll start with uh, what, so, okay. So we'll go through, we'll each pick a couple teams um, that you feel strongly about, but what teams do you think would benefit the most or would be hurt most? I guess you can go either or, uh from this long layoff i mean what it's been it was march 11th was the last game right so yeah um one team that i really want to keep an eye on is the miami heat honestly um not only do they benefit from proximity i mean you know being in miami they're only going up to orlando so that's not too far of a distance for them to travel so you know everyone is still close enough to family to kind of you know feel together in some Mm -hmm. way shape or form even though they won't physically be together so that's one benefit. But just honestly, I'm, I'm thinking more so on the basketball side. I mean, you got a team full of guys who just live, live, breathe, and eat basketball. I mean, their whole program is structured around that with, you know, Spo um, and Pat Riley. And with Jimmy Butler leading the force as well, like these guys are going to be working hard. Um, I really think that they could be an interesting pick to, to surprise people um, in the East. I mean, they were sitting at the, the fourth seed, 41 wins, 24 losses. Um, and they started to slump a little bit before the break. But I think, again, you know, with all of the, the camaraderie they have, um, and I think just the mental toughness they have is what really can differentiate them here. Because a lot of these teams aren't going to be ready for this type of type of grind. I think a lot of the younger teams could struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of, interesting enough, a lot of the veteran teams could also struggle from this. I mean, it's different. They've been away for some time. The Heat have a good combination of youth. Um, and veteran leadership on their team to the point where I think they could potentially, you know, surprise people 
and, you know, maybe even be the second best team in the East behind the Bucks. Because I think it's really up for grabs. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect to the Raptors or Celtics, but I think the Heat have enough talent for it. And I think, again, the mental toughness can make that difference here. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I, I love the Heat just as a, a, you know, a team that can surprise people here, which and it shouldn't be much of a surprise, but I just feel like they are pretty slept on. Uh, starting with Jimmy Butler, he's not a guy that you think of as you know a top ten player, but I think there's argument that he is. Um, and I, okay, so what about what you said uh, about them being you know in Florida? So maybe they have somewhat of a home court advantage. That should if that is if that does you know factor in, they had the third best home record in the East. So that's you know kind of one reason for optimism for them. Um, the biggest thing though, I think, is like you mentioned, they have both youth and veterans. So I think that's kind of what we should be looking at for who's going to you know do well in this return because it's if it goes either way like if the young teams do better they have Tyler Hero and Bam and Duncan Robinson who can you know thrive there but if this favors veterans they have uh, Drogic and Jimmy Butler so I like them as a team that like you know what you're going to get from them and they their ceiling is super high I think um, yeah it's interesting and- though just where they're seated they're the four yeah. seed. And I think everyone wants to play the Pacers now in the first you know, round if you yeah. can. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, the East is pretty much wide open after the heat. I mean, mm-hmm. the 76ers, like, I, I really don't know what to think about them at this point. Uh, with I, I don't know if Al Horford and Embiid will be at their top, uh, you know, like peak form when mm-hmm. we come back. Just because I feel like those are two guys who need to be playing basketball consistently. Um I don't know about them, man. With the Nets, like you said, uh, when we were offline before, that's basically a G League squad <laughs> now. So, I mean, like, they're not going to do anything. Like, no one cares about the Magic, the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much anything below the 76ers you can forget about. Mm-hmm. The Pacers, like you said, no Oladipo. So, I mean, what's their upside? So, then it's like, man, you look at the rest of the East. You know, the Raptors, like, they're they're a little bit on the older side. Marc Gasol, like, already was playing pretty bad, to be honest, before – uh, COVID hit now with COVID like dude hasn't played in a while he's like 35 years old Kyle Lowry's older um, I really don't know if they're gonna have enough firepower to, to keep up Celtics you know there's a younger team you know I don't, I don't know like how they're gonna respond to it I genuinely don't know um, Jason Tatum is you know he's, he's cold so I don't know what to expect from him he's cold-blooded he could you know kind of turn the corner and lead this team so yeah, so it's <laughs> the East is interesting right now. Yeah, I think that makes sense. What you said about the Raptors and Celtics, where they're star players, we don't—they're more of unknowns than Jimmy Butler is. Like Jimmy Butler, you know for a fact, you know the NBA could have returned to a bubble on Mars, and you still know he would be one of the best players. But Tatum was killing it at the end of the year, but again, he's young, and who knows how this is going to affect him? Same with the Raptors, like you mentioned, Siakam. Who knows, you know, he hasn't been the man for a full season yet. So how's it going to be when this is like, this is a bigger spotlight than usual because, you know, there's no other, those other eight teams aren't even there playing games. So I think it's, yeah, it's going to show a lot about like, it's really going to be about who your best player is. And that's where the Heat get a, a pretty significant boost because Jimmy Butler is, you know, that guy, like he's a legit star and it's just the Heat culture too, you know, like. Pat Riley and Spolster are they they're great at what you know what they do. So I'm sure they took this uh, time off to come up with some stuff. It's just I don't know if they could move up to the three seed now is the thing, and it's kind of unlucky because they had played one more game than the Celtics, but that one game difference gave the Celtics a two and a half game lead over them instead of just two games. So now they have to make up three games, which making up three games in an eight game schedule is that's going to be pretty tough. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they're going to have any, any target in mind as far as trying to move up in the standings. I mean, I think they should be happy with where they're at right mm-hmm. now at the four seed. Um, but last thing I will say about the heat is just that for most teams, like we've heard some type of news come from their players, their coaching staff, just the locker room, something having to do with COVID or something that sort. I haven't really heard anything from the Heat. Mm-hmm. Like something tells me these guys are just literally getting ready. Like they're all together, like training. They've, they've been doing things low key, you know, kind of like out of the spotlight, just so they can come out and be ready and like shock people. 
So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand by. This one is my sleeper pick if, um, for the East. Again, I, I really don't know what to expect, but that's one team where I feel like I have some, like, feeling of, like, certainty with mm-hmm. their roster. Yeah, and last thing on the Heat, I just I completely forgot until I just randomly remembered right now. They have Iguodala. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, you know, he wasn't great when we saw him in the regular season, but that was because he hadn't played, you know, the whole year basically. So, but that's a guy who, again, you know what you're going to get from him. He's a guy who's better in the playoffs just because he's a little older. So they have every, you know, they have all the tools. Like if, if the heat were to, you know, make it out of the East, would that be the biggest surprise in the world? Like not at all. Not at all. Um, Yeah. I agree, man. I'll pick, I'll go with, I'll pick a team from the, from the West. Um, I, hmm. I'm just I'm debating between the the Texas teams, sorry Spurs, but the Rockets and the Mavericks. Yeah, and no, I hmm. I was thinking something similar to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with the Rockets, uh, just because I I really do think you know the more time that goes on, I start to buy more into the thought of like Harden and Westbrook are two of the highest usage guys, guys who play every game and play you know 35 plus minutes on a regular basis and they go deep in the playoffs or they at least make the playoffs every year. So those are like two of you know the most overworked guys in the league. So I just can't see how four months off for them. You know, I, I think I'm more optimist, optimistic that it'll benefit them because what's the thing, you know, the knock on both those guys is they kind of don't show up in the playoffs. But I think that's just because there's so many miles on both of those guys that I think they're a super dangerous team just because they have the star power to match up with any team, you know, that includes the Lakers, Clippers and Bucks. So. And I mean, if you look at their, at the standings as well, like you can clearly see a path towards the four seed for them. I mean, they're literally one game behind both, uh, they're one game behind the jazz and they're tied with thunder. Mm -hmm. The jazz, I mean, they have two star players who, you know, are mad at each other. And, you know, and no Bogdanovich. Right, yeah, no Bogdanovich. And you got, you know, your two best players uh, you know, having, like, a little feud with each other mm-hmm. over everything that's happened with COVID. Then the Thunder, you know, like, they're still kind of an unknown, unknown commodity for me as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, CP hasn't played in a while. He's getting older, and you have a young roster. So, I mean, I really like, like everything you said made sense for the Rockets. I, I see them as, you know, finishing as, as the fourth seed. Um it is surprising, guys. Like, they're going to be up and down. If they're in any, like, type of shape cardio-wise, like, those guys are able to get up and down. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem for a lot of teams, especially teams with bigger players, too. So Yeah. Did you um, see uh, Did you see that the picture of Harden? It was yeah, about a month ago. Down. Yeah. Yeah. And we could kind of – we can make that its own topic at the very end, just kind of the various guys who we've seen, you know, yeah, no, make body a, transformations. Another- there's another guy I'm really curious about mm-hmm. <laughs> in the West, like third seed, man. Yep. <laughs> and even uh, Marcus All, there's a picture of him looking soup, like real, like he looked like a cyclist or like a soccer, like a yeah. midfielder or something. Um, <laughs> but I was talking all that mess about it too. <laughs> but um, but I mean, it, him and Jokic are kind of in the same boat where part of their success, you know, came from them being like bigger bodied so it's i don't think wow, it's like yeah. you see the picture <laughs> i saw the picture wow <laughs> man i might i might end up taking back what i said he looks like a new guy <laughs> you might pick the raptors to come out of the east now <laughs> dude he that's that's 20 and 10 right there man that's 20 and yep. 10 because <laughs> he he heard what you said where he was pretty bad this season he's like all right well let me just dude, lose he, 20 pounds He's looked like a shot, like a shade of his former self, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know what's like, what was up with him. Like, he might have just been out of shape or what. But mm-hmm. like, his all he does is like shoot from beyond the arc now. Like, his, he doesn't seem to pass as well anymore. He's like a step too slow in uh, rotations. Like, mm-hmm. It's been tough to kind of see him uh, his decline. You know, these years. Yeah, he was. I mean, his numbers weren't great this year, but he was still playing a lot. So I think that. That's a good sign then that he lost weight because maybe it was just, you know, 35 years old playing 28 minutes per game. That's for anyone not named LeBron, basically, that's pretty significant of a workload at that age. So he yeah. should be. But yeah, his, so yeah, the telling number for him is he was only shooting 42% from the field. 
that's Jeez. yeah for a seven for footer, seven footer yeah yeah um yeah but so I, i'm going with the rockets uh just because i just believe in those guys harden and westbrook and then even you know aside from them i think remember so you know how remember how they went no center you know pj tucker was essentially their center i think him getting four months off from having to bang bodies with seven footers all day is going to be super underrated actually um and who knows like this is this tournament this return is more march madness than you know anything we've seen before in the nba and march madness how do you shock a team you do something weird you have a six five center and so you know weird shit works like that in these in these unique situations so yeah, yeah and i mean go, go ahead i was gonna say part of part of me wishes we could almost see um something like more like an NCAA tournament single single game elimination mm-hmm. like I know it'd be tough you know obviously NBA is structured differently but I don't if we had a single game elimination tournament like you you really can't pick who the winner is going to be right and the Rockets just seem like a, a like a March Madness team I mean because think about yeah. it Westbrook and Harden no one thought they were going to be superstars when they were drafted you know like they were first round picks and like Lot, both lottery picks, but Westbrook, him, I think he got picked fourth overall, right? And that that was a reach yeah. at the time. Harden was a bench player for you know the beginning of his career. Like, I think these guys will thrive in a in a setting like this. Yeah, man. I mean, you you literally picked the same team I was going to pick. Um, <laughs> I I completely agree. I mean, I think everyone who's a, a basketball fan can kind of look at that roster and just like say like. We haven't if a we haven't even seen them at their full potential, and b they just have the most potential to surprise another team mm-hmm. right now. Like every every team has a pretty thorough risk, uh, scouting report on them, but the Rockets we haven't really seen that big of a sample size from them, so we really don't know what they might come out and, and try and do. Um, and Westbrook was just getting comfortable with them, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they've been playing a lot and staying in shape during uh, um, all this time off. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. All right. You have a. Do you have any other teams that you think would benefit from this, or, or teams that you think might, might uh, kind of take a step back, or. Another team that I'd like to keep an eye on in the West is uh, just the Blazers, man. Uh, the Blazers uh, had like a very up and down season, of course, um, but now they potentially have a chance to bring some of their guys back to be healthy. I mean, Zach Collins has been out for a super long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nurkic has been out. Uh, so they've been re- relying a lot on Hassan Whiteside uh, down low, but he's really just not like the guy. He's not a winning player in my opinion. Mm. He's not the guy to fit in with that team. I mean, they were a great team when they had Nurkic healthy, Zach Collins playing. So we really, again, this is a team where we don't really know like what their makeup is going to be like. Now, granted, they have an uphill battle. You know, they're they're pretty far out of the uh, the, the final seed. Well, not not too far. I mean, they're within reach, three and a half games, but. Mm. It's not like uh, the Grizzlies are going to give that spot up. And that's the only spot that's available. You have the Pelicans buying for that spot, too. So um, it's going to be an interesting race. But, you know, seeing a fully healthy Trailblazer squad could be something to keep an eye on as well. I mean, they have a lot of depth if they are fully healthy. A lot of depth. Yep. And it's just, again, it comes down to star power, like who your best player is a lot of times in the NBA. They have it. Yeah. Like – Obviously, John Morant has been awesome this year. Zion's looked awesome. Drew Holiday's awesome. Brandon Ingram's awesome. But none of those guys are are as established and as you know as much of a walking bucket as Dame is. So, and it's a it's an eight game, you know, uh, whatever eight seeding games. Remember, he had that run this season where he put up like fifty a game for eight games. So, wh- who says he can't do that again? You know. Yeah, I mean, you bring you bring back his like his favorite screen setters. You know, he has a, that pick and roll combo to go with again. Um, and with those bigs down low, that opens up CJ McCollum that much mm-hmm. more as well. I know they're not going to have a Riza, um, but he wasn't even really an interesting, you know, integral part of their offense in the first place. So I mean, I don't really think they're going to miss out too much uh, with him gone. You know, they still have you know they still have Mellow Man, so you never know. Like Olympic Mellow might come out and just surprise us all too. So. Um, that would be a story I'd love to see. You know, everyone kind of wants to see the Pelicans make it to the playoffs, obviously with the Zion storyline. But as far as, like, competitive basketball goes, I'd be curious to see the Blazers sneak in there at eight and give, uh, you know, the first seed a run for their money. 
Yeah, yeah. And they're just it's obviously it's a huge question mark just because like you mentioned, we haven't seen Nurkic at all. He didn't play a single game this year, and then Zach Collins only played a few games. So, you know, they could be they could be non factors just because they haven't played, but those or Nurkic at least is so good that like it would not surprise me at all if he started contributing right away. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, his just his presence alone like changes that team. Mm-hmm. Just because it gives them a center who can actually do something on offense. Um, no, you know, no offense to Hassan Whiteside, but like. And you bring Whiteside back kind of mm-hmm. to his more, uh, I think, his better position in the mm-hmm. NBA is like to come off the bench. I mean, if you have a disruptive like seven foot two like center running down the floor, you know, who can. Uh, finish at the rim easily and block a ton of shots. If that's your backup center, like, oh yeah, suddenly there, yeah, that could be a matchup nightmare. Or they could just match up well with the Lakers, you mm-hmm. know, another big team like having all that size. So, um, yeah, that's just another like interesting team to keep an eye on, man. Like, I, I don't know what's going to come of it. They might not even crack the playoffs, but I'm definitely watching. Yeah, I think also just them being in a situation where, you know, they're they're sacrificing a lot to you know be away from their family for at the minimum, I think three weeks is like the least amount of time it would be. So I just believe in, in Dame that much. You know, when he's in a situation like that, he's going to, he doesn't want to just be there for three weeks because then that'll be a, that'll be wasted time to him. So he's going to, you know, get his team to the eight seed. And so would you say they're three, three and a half games back? So I guess we will call that four games, but you only have to be within four games of the eight seed to, uh, was like trigger the that play in uh not tournament but you know where it's like a two game or a a play in against the nine and eight seed where the the nine seed would have to win two games to get the eight seed and the eight seed just has to win one you know what i'm talking about i could you could you like walk me through that so let's just see okay so so let's say so let's say the grizzlies finish if the blazers finish four games or fewer behind the Blazers for the eight seed, then they have to, they do like a little play in tournament. So they play one game. If the Grizzlies win, it's over. The Grizzlies are the eight seed. But if the Blazers win that first game, then they play again. And if the Blazers win that second time, so that it's double elimination for the, for the higher seed, then the Blazers would be the eight seed. So it's like a, just another way to get the Pelicans into the playoffs, I think would be the yeah I mean, that's, what that, that's what it that's what it sounds like to me to be honest with you but that, that's super exciting i didn't mm-hmm. know about that honestly that's very exciting like this is exactly what i was talking about having some type of like tournament style play like ncaa like i really can't wait to see some professional nba players like mm-hmm. like playing it all out over one game like yep. two game matchup like but that you already know Dame's going to come out like ready to drop like 70 on him. Mm-hmm. For that first That's what game. I'm saying. If it's Dame <laughs> versus, versus John Morant and Dame has, he just has to win two games in a row. Like I love John Morant. That's so but, doable. That's yeah. so doable. <laughs> Same with the Pelicans. They sneak in there. That's also so like very doable, man. Mm-hmm. You're right. They've said, definitely set this up so that the Pelicans have a chance. Like yeah. there's, there's no other way to think about it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't hate it, but it is, if I was a, if I lived in Memphis or anywhere in Tennessee, I would be, I'd be a little salty about this whole thing, but it makes sense. You know, money talks and Zion and the Pelicans are like a way sexier team in terms of, you know, ratings and, you know, a, a draw for the NBA basically. Yeah. I'm surprised the wizards uh, are throwing in the towel so soon. Say, you know, they had a, a legit chance at uh, pushing for this eighth seed. Then mm-hmm. if you look at the, if you look at the standings from a, a play in perspective, so, I mean, basically yeah. the whole bottom of the Eastern Conference is gone. <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy. That's I, Honestly, that's why Beal pulling out did surprise me because, yeah, I mean, it's not out of the question at all, especially with Dinwiddie not there. That, that So they play eight games. I Would that surprise you at all if the Nets went 0-8? Like they're playing all good nah, teams, dude. basically. Yeah. Pacers could drop some too. I mean, if you look at it, then basically the East only has, what, nine teams in it? Mm-hmm. And the the Wizards can only go up; they can't go down any further. So, like that's pretty crazy. Yeah, if they literally just won a few games and the Nets dropped, like mm-hmm. they easily become the AC. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I, I really wish the Bulls would have been in that situation, <laughs> but <laughs> they were what two games, two games out of that. 
Dang. We're two and a half games behind the Wizards. That's so bad. <laughs> yeah. But so well, I guess that's a good – we could transition then. Who So for that race for the eight seed, who do you think gets it? So we'll just set up the standings. So you mentioned the Blazers and Pelicans, but also the Kings are all three and a half games behind the Blazers. Um, and then the Spurs and Suns are also there for whatever reason. Spurs are uh, four games. So basically the same, three and a half games, four games is the same in this scenario. And then Suns are six games back. So no clue why they're even going, but they are. But yeah, so who, I guess rank, who would be your top three picks in order to get that eight seed? I'm looking at the schedule, their, their remaining schedules right now to kind of like get an idea of who they have to play. Ooh, man, this is, this is tough. I'm looking at the Blazers' remaining schedule. Um, they have some difficult opponents. I mean, they play the Grizzlies, which is a big game, obviously, a huge game right from the start. That's the first game they play on the 31st. Then they come back play the Celtics. That's tough. Play the Rockets. That's tough. The Nuggets. That's tough. The Clippers. Tough. 76ers. Tough. Mavs. Tough. Then the Nets. That's their final game. That should be an easy win. Mm-hmm. But I only see two clear wins on that calendar. So I'm going to go ahead and, and put the, the Pelicans as first, to be honest with you, just off the of like remaining schedule strength. I mean, the Pelicans still have to pay. They play the Jazz, Clippers. Those two are tough. Grizzlies, Kings, Wizards, Spurs, Kings, Magic. So, I mean, Such I think those last six. <laughs> yeah, those last six are all winnable games. And, you know, the Grizzlies are one of them. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a chance to put distance between them and the Kings twice. A chance to mm-hmm. put distance between them as well. Um, those first two games, they could drop, though. I mean, the, the, the Jazz and the, and the uh, Clippers. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go Pelicans for – for first um second i'm gonna stick with the blazers i know they have a tough schedule but i still like them over the kings the kings just i don't have any faith in them and they you know they're, they're still playing some kind of tough teams as well that's play the pelicans twice like we said the rockets lakers mavs spurs um so I mean, they don't have a cakewalk in their schedule so i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go one pelicans two blazers three kings Spurs, like, I'm not even going to consider him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, especially with no LaMarcus Aldridge, like, yeah, I don't expect them to do much, which is exactly when they will just surprise everybody and make the eighth seed just because that's that's how the Spurs do it. But I, I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that would be the – I mean, that would be crazy. That would just make Pop, like, one of the greatest – like, that would just solidify his legacy pretty much just, mm-hmm. like, the goat coach man. <laughs> yeah like he because he knows who they're playing against he's had all this time to come up with stuff i just think he's at that point in his career and he knows the roster he has where yeah i don't think he's worried too much about getting an eight seed just to have to play the lakers in the first round um yeah i would i would go the same top two teams as you i would go pelicans then blazers but i think i would and then i'll put the grizzlies third to hold on to the eight seed just because I, yeah, they, I don't know. They just played so well this year that I got to, I'm picking, I just want to put them slightly ahead of the Kings just because yeah, it's, it's the Kings. I don't trust them to do anything right. Really. Right. You know, it honestly, like I, I completely left the Grizzlies off my list when I was just doing that. But if I were going to work, I'm going to keep them somewhere here. I honestly keep them holding on to the eight seed as the first option. Okay. I would go one, two Pelicans, three Blazers, four Kings, um, just because they already have it uh, locked down. I do understand that play-in, like, has its implications for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do like their team, and I like their, their chances of holding on to it um, before any, anything else. Um, yeah. Their remaining schedule, too, is like a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they should get some good reps in before whatever plan. Their last game, last two games against the Celtics – Last three games, actually, worth mentioning. Got the Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks, three best teams in the East. I think that'll get them ready for whoever they're going to play in the, the play-in tournament game. Yeah, and, you know, for their – it could work out well for them if if the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks already have the number one seed pretty much wrapped up. So that last game for the Bucks could just be pointless. You know, Giannis could play 15 minutes or something just to not, you know – 
they might not even play their starters heavy minutes just because there's no point. They already have the one seed. No, no, uh, it's not worth risking an injury. So that potentially could help the Grizzlies, but that would be kind of, that'd be kind of lame, but that's something we have to uh, account for just because they have, the Bucks have a six and a half game lead over the Raptors for the two seed. So after they win two games, they can basically coast for the remaining, uh, the remainder of their schedule. Load management. Yep. <laughs> in the <laughs> load management in the bubble return. Just, of course, you can't escape load management anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but man, so so about this Eastern Conference eighth, uh, eighth seed race. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess this is like a a game of musical chairs we could play here. Really, I mean, one of these one of these teams is gonna is gonna like end up slipping out uh, into the ninth seed. So, I mean, you got the Nets, Magic, and Wizards in that order right now. We already said that the Nets like essentially suck now. So. Mm-hmm. Out of those three teams, do you think they have the least amount of talent, or would you say a Bradley Bealless Wizards has the least amount of talent? Yeah, I, I think it's honestly, I think there's like a mile miles between the Wizards and anyone else because no Beal and no Bertans. Who? It's Ishmith. He's gonna Last he's gonna get laser. thirty shots per game. That's it. That's it. He's gonna oh. get thirty shots, and average like twenty points. Uh, we got Hachimura Hachi playing. Right? Oh yeah. Oh. Honestly, this would be if I were him, I would just be like, okay, I'm 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 shooting forty times per game, so let's just get these stats. <laughs> but who does the, who do the Nets play? Uh, is Karis Levert playing? Yeah, they got. And, I mean, okay. so Levert, Harris, and uh, Torian Prince and Jared Allen. Like that's, that's nothing special, but that's that's not bad. It's talent. Yeah, yeah. it's more talent than the Wizards have. Yeah, and it's they don't. I guess the the possibility. The one scenario, you know, the roadmap for the Nets to hold on to that seven seed would be, you know, Karis LeVert doesn't have to share the ball with Dinwiddie and Kyrie anymore. So maybe he just goes super – like they just run every play through him, which is what they probably should do. Just He's really good. I mean, yeah. he just, again, doesn't get all the plays called yeah. for him. Like so I would just – they should really just every single play, make him be their James Harden, have Jared Allen set him a screen – and boom, just make a play. Like you have Torian Prince, who's an okay shooter, and Joe Harris, obviously a knockdown shooter, spotting up, and that's live or die by that. That should be good enough to hold off the Wizards for sure, and the Magic aren't, you know, they're nothing to write home about either. So I could see the Nets being so, okay. So basically, um, it looks like the Wizards would have to climb within one and a half more games of the magic to qualify for that play in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they can, they can somehow right now they're 28 and a half games behind the first seed, the magic are 23 games. So if they can close that gap, say if they can just close that gap by two games and they become eligible to, to, to play the magic or, you know, the nets, whoever ends up in that position for the play in say it's wizards versus magic. Who do you fancy taking that uh that play-in spot? I I would go with the Magic just because as boring as the Magic are, Vucevic is a legit player. Aaron Gordon isn't bad. You know, uh, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, like they have they have guys who aren't terrible. Whereas the Wizards just Hachimura is their best player now, and he's nice for a rookie. But you know, Vucevic has made All Star team. Like they, yeah, I think honestly, and like you said, so the Wizards need to win two more games than the magic do to even trigger the play in. And let's just say the magic go Oh, and eight. It's hard to even see the wizards winning two games. If we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's difficult. I mean, when you, when you put it that way, I mean, I, I don't see any path yeah. to them like becoming the AC. And if they do become the AC, like, Oh man, that'll be the worst like matchup ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Like, That's a buy. That's pretty much a buy for the Bucks. As desperate as I am to watch NBA basketball again, I, I don't know if I'll, if I would watch Bucks versus Magic, Nets or Wizards games. I don't know if I can make myself do that. <laughs> well, you do remember, um, what was that last year? First round was it Raptors versus Magic? Yeah. The, the the Magic won the first game. I think DJ Augustine hit like a buzzer beater or something mm-hmm. like that. He sent it uh, to to win the game or whatever. Like you never know what's gonna happen now that all these guys haven't played for a while. Like mm-hmm. we could just see some crazy stuff happen. Um, so everything we're saying now could just be 
could be like a you know, false narrative, but oh, you know, so I mean hopefully all these guys have been putting in work and, you know, building confidence. But I'm I'm excited to see this, you know, even if it is like ugly basketball, mm-hmm. like it's still gonna be good. Yeah. It's yeah, anything's possible because again, we've never seen anything remotely like this. But okay, so that'll transition into so what do we call it? The the loser bubble, the scrub scrub bubble scrubble <laughs> what are we <laughs> coining this but basically so it's the eight teams who didn't get invited to orlando and it's it's supposed to be in chicago right yep in chicago is it at the united center do you know it i i can't imagine it being anywhere else mm-hmm. I mean, um, because it's way fewer teams so i guess it makes sense why they don't need a you know disney world size uh venue to hold the teams but if right. it's I don't it. I don't know if it's been confirmed though mm-hmm. yet to be honest like I don't, I don't know if that's this is a done deal so um the the proposed location would have been the United Center but mm-hmm. yes it just hasn't been confirmed yet um I'm sure there's some pushback from these teams mm-hmm. um like not only from a pride standpoint do you not want to just be playing like in a relegation bubble um but also you know you're risking injury you're risking Um, you know contracting the virus you're going to be away from your families like there's just a lot um that's kind of coming along with this and like I don't know getting up to play um you know for this relegation bubble is motivation enough for these guys to do it so I would would not be surprised if this did not happen to be honest with you yeah yeah it can go either way for me because I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen for all the reasons you just said and then on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen just because the NBA is kind of desperate, uh, for lack of a better term, to fulfill those you know, regional sports networks like the TV contracts. Um, and like you, I think you mentioned earlier or before we started recording where the players are getting paid. So, you know, the owners of the teams want to, you know, want the players to earn that money, which is kind of stupid. But I mean, yeah. And, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'd say you also potentially just losing out on uh, on some development time. Mm-hmm. Most of these uh, teams that are in this like loser bracket are young teams. You know, they have a, a bunch of young guys they just drafted. I mean, look at the the Cavs. That's a young team. The Hawks. That's a young team. Pistons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not quite that young, but still. Yeah. You know, Knicks, Bulls, Hornets, um, Timberwolves, Warriors. I mean, like these are all teams that have young young pieces or you know injuries that they're trying to to rehab right now. So. Um, it's tough because I mean, is this, is this loser bubble really going to make them that much better? It's like, you mm-hmm. know, playing these like eight games or so against like other poor competition in the league really going to make these guys any better or do they just, you know, continue to focus on a training camp? Um, maybe they just broadcast the, the team training camps as simple as that or something, you know, like, I, I don't know what the solution here is, but yeah, it's still, um, still a head scratcher. Yeah. I would, I mean, honestly, I think I would, I would probably watch it if they did, if this did happen, and they, you know, televised all the games for yeah, yeah. two reasons. So I'll just run through the list of. So he, this is a list of guys who would be playing in that in that bubble, given it actually happens, and they all, you know, test negative and pass all the protocols. But you got Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, D'Lo, Zach Levine, Devontae Graham. Drummond, Capella, and those are just like semi-established guys. And that's not even mentioning R.J. Barrett, Kobe White, Markinen, Cam Reddish, Sexton, Miles Bridges, Malik Beasley. Like there's there's names of guys who are, you know, like exciting players who are still developing. So that's that's the reason why I probably would watch it because it would be like a super high-end uh, summer league at the worst, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it can be because, I mean, they're not really playing for anything at mm. this point. Do you know if this is going to impact the was impact the lottery situation? The the record, right? <laughs> I really hope it doesn't because then it would just be then we just call it the tank bubble. That would the solve tank. that problem. <laughs> it well, would be who could win the most. I, yeah, honestly, I don't know about that though. But that would be a huge factor at play here. If that impacted the the Bro. the la- the draft odds, then they, this could be pretty ugly. <laughs> they need no, but that's what they should do. They need to have it affect the draft odds, but flip it. So the last place team in this bubble gets the 14th pick and whoever wins this bubble gets the number one pick. Wow. That honestly, that that, that would would be be exciting. 
that would be very exciting because, mm-hmm. you know, every single one of these teams is going to, like, like kick it into high gear. Then that's something to play for. Yeah. Honestly, I think you need to write a letter to Adam Silver. Like, yeah. Right <laughs> because think about – because that – so, obviously, the you know, the teams would want to win because what owner, what coach doesn't want a number one overall pick or a higher first-round pick. But even for the players, like, what what good young player like this who I mentioned who hasn't really won in their career – who wouldn't want another high lottery pick because the team could even use that to, you know, flip that in a trade to get an established guy or whatever. Like that would, I think everyone would be, would be motivated uh, like that. And then that could, the NBA could use that momentum into, you know, how they've talked about having a mid season tournament or something like that. Yeah. You know, you have to have them play for something. So I think this could be something that happens all the time, honestly, like that would be the best way to get rid of tanking is, in a normal season, let's say there's no, you know, <laughs> global pandemic, the, how, how many teams is it? 14 teams don't make the playoffs. They should automatically get thrown into a tournament and play for the, play for the top pick basically. Yeah, Might be the no, best I mean, idea I've ever had. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, in, in regular times, I will say that um, if we are doing the, four, the, the 14 worst teams, mm-hmm. basically who make up the lottery, there could be some like a, a huge disparity in talent between that team who would be the 14th like team of that pool mm-hmm. um, versus the team who's the worst in that pool. So like that would in this season, for example, that would be like taking, let's see, let's let's look at the standings. That would be like taking the current Warriors with their current construction and pitting them against the Wizards, right? Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to. Oh. It would be against the Blazers, I think, because it would be the best team, right. the best record that wouldn't have made the playoffs. Made playoffs, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it would be like the Blazers versus the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And that's where it could get even more interesting, though, because then Steph Curry is obviously healthy enough to play if it mattered. So, obviously, if this bubble goes on with these eight teams uh, and there's nothing at stake, Steph Curry's obviously not playing. But if there's a higher lottery pick at stake, maybe they bring him back for that, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's an interesting idea for sure. Like, I think I think it'd be perfect for the Chicago bubble. Um, mm-hmm. and that is something to like definitely explore, like structure-wise. Like, if, if we could like figure that out to the point where you know there is some type of like parity mm-hmm. uh, in the in the tournament, then like, I think that could be a very interesting way to kind of get rid of tanking, like you said. That's really yeah, that's that's a good idea, man. I haven't thought about that before. I had I honestly hadn't. I did not think of that before. I just randomly. So that's. That'd be cool. I mean, it would just make it more interesting to watch. And the NBA is, you know, the most forward-thinking league, I think, in America by far in terms of, you know, major U.S. sports. So if any league would try something like that, I I would think it would be the NBA. Yeah, for sure, man. That would be be awesome. Just And so along those lines, so let's just say there was a higher pick at stake. Who, Who would your favorite be? What would be your, you know, your pick to win? this bubble if let's say everyone is playing uh maybe steph curry's not playing so the warriors still have nobody but they have andrew wiggins that's <laughs> he's their star but who would who would your favorite be because i think there's one team that might be a clear favorite yeah this is a this is an interesting lot of teams we have here um i think if i'm gonna pick a team to win uh win this so what what would be the rules of this tournament would it be like a single elimination tournament we're proposing for this if we did like for the top pick i think they said they would play four games each and then yeah they probably like seed them like that uh they probably just do two sides of the bracket basically like like okay so it'd be like the west you know like one conference normal playoffs basically okay yeah, no, I mean, guess. I'm kind of torn between two teams here, actually. Um, from the East, I'm really liking the Hawks, honestly. Their team is, like, actually pretty talented when you look at the roster. Like, John Collins will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Young has been working out a lot over the offseason. Capella's healthy. You got Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Um, you got Hoarder. Like, they just have a – or Kevin Herter, rather. They just have, like, a ton of guys on their team that are talented and young. So, I mean, if they could kind of piece it together and Trey Young can kind of start taking that next step towards being a leader, I think that's definitely the most talented roster out of all these teams. Yeah, obviously, you got the Timberwolves. Like, you know, they have Cat and D'Lo. Like, that's that's nothing to, to, to overlook. And Malik Beasley now, too, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of talent on the roster right there too. I mean, those those two teams are the best teams in my opinion, um, talent wise, to win. Um, but if I had to pick between these two teams, I think I might lean towards the uh, the, the Timberwolves just because Cat is a legitimate superstar in the NBA already. I mean, mm-hmm. he's arguably a top ten player. Someone can make the argument for that. Um, he just needs to kind of get the winning together. D'Lo. All-star, you know, he mm-hmm. led the Nets to the playoffs. Um, Beasley is a just a dog. He can score. Okogi is a decent defender. Like, they just have some solid guys on that roster, and I'm probably forgetting a handful. Jared Culver. Like, yeah, Georgie Jang Jan- is, like, you know, solid. Yeah, for this yeah, for I'm, this tar- for this group of teams, like, Georgie Jang is, like, a legit player, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, like, an all-star, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I mean, like, I'm looking at these other teams, like, Hornets, like I'm, I'm, I don't have confidence in them. Even though you know they have the best record of these teams, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not confident in them. The Knicks suck, <laughs> Pistons suck, Cavs suck. Yeah. Uh, Warriors, like Seth's not gonna play. They still suck. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I think those two teams are, are the most talented. But yeah, I go with the T Wolves, man. Who, who would you pick? Yeah, I had the T Wolves, and I think, yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I think they definitely have the most talent. Um, I actually had. A different team second i had yeah the hawks i think definitely probably the third most second or third but i had the bulls so maybe you were just being modest you didn't want to seem biased but i had the bulls as the <laughs> second most talented just you know because it gave it gives their guys time to get healthy too so it wasn't marketing was a little banged up uh when wasn't Car- wendell carter was hurt too at the end of the year i don't know if he would play even yeah. though but. Yeah, these guys are always banged up. Otto Porter would mm-hmm. like ideally be fully healthy for the first time in a while. Um, Chris Dunn was out for a while. Like we were just missing so many guys. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be an interesting team. Um, but no, I was honestly just being uh, objective here. <laughs> I think that when you add uh, Capella to the Hawks, I think they just become really scary because mm-hmm. that's a legit pick and roll threat with Trey Young. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if you've seen him play with a real, like, pick-and-roll threat. Uh, I just remember him at Oklahoma. Yeah. I forgot who the big was, but he had somebody who could roll, put a real guy next to him who could do that. And then, you know, John Collins back. And, again, they have some shooters. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be a really good team one day. Um, and if they put together, like, a good tournament run, like, in this, uh, this play-in tourney, then I think they could be scary. But, yeah, no, the Bulls, I, 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 I take them third. For, as far as talent goes on the roster and i think talent is what's going to drive like this side of the, the league right here mm-hmm. whoever yeah. has the most talent has a legit chance to win but yeah, yeah those three teams are definitely like a tier above the rest of them yep and bulls would also have home court advantage and it would actually be legitimate yeah, yeah. home court like home home arena compared to no, that's, you know, yeah um, that's I a guess, good point man uh, what were you saying i was saying that's that's a great point about the home court um it definitely is a factor here. Um, not to say that we we played well on our home floor. We were <laughs> we actually had a what it was our record. Yeah, fourteen and twenty. Okay, that's, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I do. I guess the uh, the super my deep sleeper team in this in this hypothetical uh, bubble that probably won't actually end up happening would be the Cavs, just because if this is only if Kevin Love plays. But they got Kevin Love and Drummond. And Kevin Love would be like, you could argue he might be maybe the second best, third best player in this, you know, in this bubble when he's actually healthy and playing, which we haven't seen in a couple of years. But who knows? Like, Bro, it's, it's gonna, weird, right? <laughs> they're going to lead the, the Chicago bubble in rebounding. Yo. For sure. like, they have like three of the best rebounders in the NBA, if not mm-hmm. the best, like on the same team. Like, yeah. Drummond's, there's no way any of these guys can average a double double while playing together. <laughs> right and i guess the you know reason for uh like why kevin love would actually try in this in this uh tournament would be he's trying to get traded from the from the Cavs. so the best way to do that would be to ball out uh you know in this and then maybe he shows other teams around the league like oh kevin love still still has something left in the tank um yeah, yeah. and i mean newsflash too man uh Andre Drummond wanted to opt into his player option for the last year of his like $30 million contract because Cleveland is where his heart is. So shout out to him for finding a new home. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was all about Cleveland. It wasn't, it wasn't the $30 million that had, that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, no, that's that would be that's an interesting like sleeper team, man. You, you already know my sleeper team's got to be the Pistons, bro. Like D Rose, like yeah. come on, man. <laughs> so you could just go old D Rose for a couple games, you know. That's all it takes, man. Cool, and you know Blake Griffin can somehow like find a kneecap somewhere <laughs> to like you know get him through the tournament. Then like, hey, like that's that's like a dynamic duo for the ages right there, man. Like they could ever like figure out how to stay healthy together, then. Yeah. Ooh, that prime combo, like, if someone would have told you in 2010 or 2011 that these two guys would be on the same team and that they would have a 20 and 46 record, what would you think? Not believe it. Like, injury would be the only, you know, that's the only way that that could happen, and that's exactly what happened. But, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. I didn't actually, I, yeah, I never, like, put two and two together that they're on the same team. Because I guess I haven't really seen Blake Griffin this year at all, right? He played, like, 10 games maybe yeah yeah that's sad but, man he had an like mvp year last year and came back just... he, yeah he was third team all nba um yeah it, i mean another reason why it could be fun to watch and why the hawks especially this bodes well for them is that you know basically all eight of these teams are terrible <laughs> terrible at defense like i i just looked at you know uh team by team for the season the points allowed per game and I think it was only, yeah, only the Hornets and the Bulls were even in the upper half of the league, and they were like 13th and 15th. So literally, you know, right, you know, middle of the league. Who's at the bottom? The Wizards or the Hawks? I think the Hawks. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the Hawks. So that's what I mean. So you would have a bunch of like 160 to 150 scores. Like it would just be if you like offense, then that's really the reason to watch this. And then something like Trey Young would be putting up like 40 and 15 every night. Cat would be basically Wilt Chamberlain. Like he might put up 50 and 40 in a game. Like RJ Barrett would probably go off too. He might get a couple of 50 point games. <laughs> it would be exciting. Man. Dude, it would be some like nasty, like grudge basketball we'd be seeing. Just like bucket for bucket. Like every, every, everywhere you look, someone's dropping a bucket on someone's yep. head. It'd be like the Drew League. You know, it would just be guys going at each other with no defense being played, which it's fun to watch, but I don't know if it, obviously it's not the same, uh, same level of, you know, stakes as the Orlando bubble, but pretty desperate for basketball at this point. So I, I think I would watch like bulls versus Hawks or Timberwolves versus the, uh, versus the Hornets or something like that. I'm at, I'm at that point of quarantine. I'm down, man. The only thing that, you know, as a fan of one of these teams that would concern me, again, it's just like one of these guys getting injured. Um, I would hate to see that, you know, for with, with the tournament that has, like, absolutely no, like, stakes, you know, nothing to gain from it. You know, to see someone go down um, for no reason would be tough. Um, yeah. You know, that's the reality of the sport, though. And, you know, they, they would be getting some reps up at the end of the day. So, I mean, that's some development they could add, add to their uh, – you know their their bag of tricks or whatever you want to call it so yeah it's just yeah man, it'll be interesting to see what they do mm-hmm. i think it's probably like like it's probably more likely that it won't happen than yeah you know the chances it does happen but i don't know i mean if there I was mean, something at stake like that would be cool to watch yeah i mean i think right now the league is still just trying to fight to make sure that the orlando bubble even happens mm-hmm. you know every positive test uh every next like positive test that comes in that's like kind of one more thorn in their side. All, yeah. all it could take is like one, one outbreak and it's done just like that. Yeah. yeah. Just like that. That's why I do think, I think the NBA has set it up pretty perfectly in terms of, you know, as perfect as it can be for a situation like this, where they have all this, all this testing and, you know, four weeks before the games are even supposed to start their testing players. So that's good to catch like who has it early enough where they can recover. But it's just so up in the air. Like it could be planned perfectly and all it takes is some, you know, like you said, one outbreak, which we still don't really know how that happens. So it could just all, I just try not to think about that. Cause if it happens, that would be so sad. Yeah. What well, one final question for you, man, would be if you were Adam Silver and tomorrow morning you wake up and like your phone just has like a, a thousand new messages and like tweets and everything saying that Giannis Kawhi, LeBron, AD, like all these superstars just all tested positive for COVID at once. Do you shut it down? 
without all that star power, or do you do you just keep the league going, knowing that so many other guys are still down to play? If it happened tomorrow, so that would be July eighth, and that means there's yeah. twenty days before the game start. Oh, that's almost even worse than it happening like a couple days before the game starts, because then it's the easy choice just shut it down. But dang, because I, I think they said if you test positive, then you have to quarantine for fourteen days. So ideally, they could all recover, you know, with a week to go before the game starts. Is there, that's, is there a cutoff day though before, or is it just like as long as it's you're getting there before like the actual gameplay starts? Like, do you have to make it back before like the training camp, or is there any like? I think I don't think they're strict on that. It's just as long you still get tested even when you're not in the bubble, so you still have to pass those tests. But you could be, you know, like let's say it was Giannis, like he could. As long as he's testing negative in Milwaukee, then he could still show up to the bubble, even if it's a week before the games. And he would obviously get tested again as soon as he got there. Like they're just testing all the time. So that, which is good. You know, they had that initial like hard deadline for when players have to opt in or out. And that came and went without, you know, obviously like people are still opting out and it's not a big deal. So I think Adam Silver is just, he's being more flexible uh, than not just because, again, this is all new. Like it's kind of just touch and go. Um, but yeah, if all three of those guys tested positive, I think he probably, that's probably where you call it off because it's already, <laughs> you know, you're like you're losing, there's like big names. I don't think no all-stars yet, but I mean, Oladipo or Beal wasn't all-star, but he's an all-star level player. Oladipo too. Dinwiddie there. Yeah. There's, there's names dropping out. So it's a good sign that we haven't had any big names get it yet. You know, I think every day that goes yeah. by that there isn't a star that gets it. I think that's a good sign. Um, yeah. Like the most talented players so far to, to get it is probably who like Jokic or, or Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I think Jokic is probably the, the best player who's like quarantining right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, he's the most like the scariest, scariest case. Cause I don't even think he's in the country yet. Nah, he's not. Yeah. It's, pretty sketchy but i mean it seems like they're working it out for him but yeah. yeah this is like one of the most interesting guys too i mean i want to see this guy play he's like 40 pounds lighter <laughs> he's probably like a beast now to be honest with you <laughs> yeah do you think that'll help him because let me see his normal playing weight is 250 so i'm sure he's down to like 230 at least probably i don't know i mean he's a bruiser for sure so he uses that weight so my question is, did he put on some relative strength to go with that weight loss? Mm-hmm. Like, if he just lost some fat and put on some muscle, then, like, yeah, he's standing to to be, like, a far more effective player. But, you know, if he just lost weight and, like, didn't really add any strength to show for it, then, like, he, he might not be as effective as he used to be. Yeah. He's, I, he'd be pretty pretty light if he was, like, 230. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true, actually. That's interesting. 250 for a seven-footer is not, like – not that's not that big you know yeah but his 250 wasn't like a, a <laughs> no you know, a, a useful 250 mm-hmm. yeah like dwight like dwight's 250 was like sheer muscle like he was packed like packed on it was all shoulders like, I don't know basically what, <laughs> yeah like i don't know what uh Jokic's body fat percentage was before but it's probably pretty high yeah and i guess that's where muscle weighs more than fat because yeah dwight is 265 now right and now? he's shorter he's like at least two inches shorter than Jokic. He, he's two sixty five now. Yeah, that's what it says. Like his, wow, I thought he. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I Which mean, that makes, must all be like lean, compact muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his body fat percentage is probably closer to like five, <laughs> or something like, like he's that. Shredded, man. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, Jokic. I guess, and we didn't see him. We just saw him in a like a bomber jacket, and you could tell he was skinnier, but we can't tell. We can't see. You know. The cut, like, are his arms all cut up now? Uh, what are, yeah, like, we don't know his muscle. We just know he lost weight, that's for sure. But I don't know if that was due to getting sick, too. Like, I don't know. I haven't heard anyone talk about that. Like, did he, does, does getting coronavirus make you lose weight? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, I know he contracted it at, at that one tennis tournament. Um, cause the oh, tennis player also, where, uh, had Djokovic? COVID. Yeah, exactly. Oh. They, yeah, they were together. So, I mean, I'm, I'm oh. sure he's, like, he'd already lost weight at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a healthy, like, you know, concerted effort to lose that weight. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he's been, you know, taking care of himself in quarantine as well. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, his biggest thing was conditioning. So if he can stay, you know, healthy, um, you can get up and down that floor and like hopefully add just a little bit of relative strength. Like, he'll probably be a beast. <laughs> yeah. I hope at least he has some semblance of a tricep muscle now when he comes back. Cause he had absolutely zero. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Um, okay. So well, Andrews, who do you think, I don't know if your, your selection has uh, switched since this whole layoff, but who, who's your pick to, to win it all as of right now? I, I think I'm going to stick with the Clippers on this one. I had picked them before. Um, if I could pick in any order, my top three would be in this order, Clippers, Bucks, Lakers. Okay. I tried to, you know, hype up the Bulls by saying they have the second most talented <laughs> roster in that, but it's okay. It's, it's fine. That's- Dude, I, man, you got to be real though, man. Like LeBron. I keep on coming back to this. and Everyone does. He's probably going to prove us all wrong again. And I'm just waiting for him to do that. I hope he does. But it's tough, man, for a guy that age with that many miles to sit out this long and stay, like, completely game ready. Mm-hmm. Again, he's a freak, though. So he's probably <laughs> going to prove me wrong here. But, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking about it that way. Um, you know, they're about JR back. I no don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> Avery just Bradley hoping... dropped. Like, he yeah. was a solid defender, like, solid shooter. I don't think JR completely replaces that. Um, AD, I'm sure he'll be ready, but mm-hmm. he's super injury prone and he hasn't played in a while. If you don't play in a while, that makes you even more injury prone. So, yeah, I would, my, my pushback to the, what you said about LeBron having this much time off, I would just say, think about last off season, how, you know, that was the first time he didn't make the playoffs and make the finals in like nine, nine years, right? Eight or nine years. So that was the yeah. first time he had a whole off season to rest and the Lakers came into this season, just on fire right out of the gate. So you got a point, man. You definitely got a point. I'm hoping that too. I'm being, <laughs> I'm trying to speak it into existence. The Avery Bradley thing definitely hurts. I'm just hoping that, jr and Dion waiters will be like our break in case of emergency guys not i don't i really don't want us to have to rely on them much at all you know yeah uh, see the the last thing i want to see is just kind of like you remember when lebron was with the Cavs for his last year it's kind of like a revolving door of just like mm-hmm. notorious role players <laughs> and guys like i just yeah. don't want to see this like starting to become the, the trend you got rondo you got J.R. Smith, you got Deion Waiters, mm-hmm. you got Dwight, Javel McGee, like all these random guys like on your squad now. And imagine like LeBron like having to rely on one of these guys when the game is on the line. Like, that's yeah. what I'm thinking about. Um, yeah. And, you know, thankfully it's going to be a shortened uh, regular season now, but like really just got to make sure that guy is like completely ready to go for the playoffs. Um, I mean, if he's 100% healthy, then I my standings probably do change a bit. Um, but still, you know, it's tough, man. The Clippers are just, like, so yeah. loaded. Um, and we still haven't even seen them at their full potential yet. But they just have so many bodies they can throw at LeBron to wear him down. Um, they don't have an answer for AD necessarily, but I don't think they need one. Because mm-hmm. the Lakers don't have an answer for Kawhi. And Paul George out there, yeah. too. Then you got all these other guys that are supporting Cass and Lou Will, Montrez, Harold, <laughs> got one of the Morris twins, like, you got Sham. You just got so many guys. Reggie Jackson now. Shaman. Yeah. So much talent, bro. And the secret weapon, Joakim Noah. <laughs> oh, bro! If he wins a if he wins a ring, man, I'm gonna be so happy for him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, LeBron will not be happy for him. Bro, if that if that was the case, man, you already know, man. He's gonna be all in LeBron's face, like all in that man's face. Uh, yeah, that was. I thought that because he was, you know, gonna sign right or like around the time the season was ending and once everything shut down i was just hoping he would he would just think oh not worth it anymore let's just spend time with family but nope he just signed on for the rest of the year i think bro, pretty he's, recently he's trying to win a, bro he's trying to win a ring man yeah. he's not done yeah he's not and done, <laughs> he's, he's a perfect fit for that team which is the worst part because he's old but he could guard anthony davis for three possessions and just piss him off you know like at least Bro, be somewhat energy, effective. It's all the energy he does too. He says yeah. high enough basketball IQ for rotations. He might mm-hmm. not get there as quickly. He's a decent um, post defender. He's strong, pretty good passer. Mm-hmm. But just overall, like just that motor, man. Like you can't <laughs> teach that. Like if you throw him and uh, Montrez out there at the same time, like oh man, they're gonna be yeah. 
places. Like, just, <sighs> he's just gonna fit gonna, perfectly. Pat Bev out there too, bro. Like, oh, bro. Like, they're just gonna be talking so much shit. Like, it's gonna be crazy. So they have they have Pat Bev, Joakim Noah, Harold, and one of the Morris twins. That's or the most annoying. Oh God. Yeah, it's gonna be. Then you just throw the, the the Terminator out there with him to fill it in at the wing, bro. Like it's probably the most like intimidating defensive, like just like trash talking lineup the league has to offer. That would be the best lineup if they had Pat Bev, Harrell, Noah, Morris, and then Kawhi. So it's just Kawhi is just getting buckets, not saying a single word, and all four other guys are just nonstop just yapping. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate it, but also it'd be Tell so it. funny to watch. <laughs> Tell me that LeBron would not get frustrated on playing against that lineup for five. He'd oh. be pissed by the end of the uh, Yeah. I don't know how – I think anybody, even, like, the most calm, collected player would just get – there's no way you don't get annoyed when <laughs> all four of those guys are just nonstop. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I, sticking with, with the Clippers, too, but I feel I, – I don't know. I feel better about the Lakers, I think, than I did earlier, like, a couple weeks before the season got suspended just because last we saw them, they beat the Bucks and the Clippers back-to-back, and then – like I mentioned, the time off for LeBron is good. I think for AD, like you mentioned, he he needs some time to work back into playing. But that's why it's clutch that the Lakers have a six-game lead over the Clippers for the second seed. So once the Lakers win two games, then again, like like I mentioned with the Bucks, they can kind of just coast from there, you know, play AD 25 minutes a game or whatever, just to make sure they don't overwork any of their guys. And that's how you get JR and Deion Waiters used to you know back acclimated to high level nba basketball because they're playing against only good teams for the most part yeah i mean you know the first game back is, is clippers lakers um and then you know they play the raptors jazz thunder rockets nuggets i hope they they actually you know put their their lineup out there against you know the nuggets and the rockets mm-hmm. and, the, and all these teams just like so kind of like everyone can kind of see how they match up i mean I think that Lakers Rockets one will be interesting to see. Um, Nuggets as well. Um, yeah, I just hope that we do get to see them like actually put their lineup out there against some of these guys as well. Yeah, I think they'll have to just because there's no other way for. But that's the other thing is it's so unknown. We don't know how teams are gonna start. Like, are you gonna play all your guys full? You know, thirty-five plus minutes right out of the gate. Yeah, like I don't know if anyone's ready for that. Yeah, I guess that's what those scrimmage games are for. Yeah, man. No, it's going to go by so fast, too. Like, we're going to be talking – we're going to be in the playoffs, like, pretty soon. Like, it's just going to fly by. I already know. 23 days. Wow. And then yep. the the regular season is technically only, like, two weeks long. So, so yeah, I've got, like, a month. Like, a month, basically. Both got the Clippers winning the, uh, the, the official NBA championship, and then we have some random teams winning the <laughs> – the scrubble, the tank bubble. Man, it's going to be ugly, but it'll be entertaining. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ball Till You Fall podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please like, rate, subscribe, follow, download, all the above. Uh, we're Honestly, we're going to keep releasing episodes even if you guys don't do any of the above, but it'll just make us feel better about ourselves if we see that people are listening and you know downloading and basically just enjoying the episodes. So, be a nice person today. Uh, please spread the word. Uh, the world needs more nice people out there. So just search Ball Till You Fall podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or basically just anywhere that you listen to podcasts out there. Again, we really appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next episode.